Coming to you in hypersonic ultra-maximum high definition from the depths of the interwebs and straight into your ear holes, it's the Cinema Geekly Podcast. Featuring all of the people's names I wasn't paid enough to say in this intro. Cinema Geekly Podcast, episode 185, brought to you by the good people over at Fandango, cinemageekly.com slash Fandango, uh, or you can click the support us link in the show notes for this episode, uh, cinemageekly.com slash Fandango. Uh, get yourself some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life. Uh, it's Anthony Lewis and Glenn Beauvais back talking more movies and a couple of things that are not, uh, they are tied intrinsically to movies, but not specifically movies themselves, Glenn. Uh, neither, you know what? Neither of these things are things I really kind of care about, but they've made news. So let's talk about them real quick. Uh, there is a new trailer for Terminator. I think it's called dark fate. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but I think that's the name of this. I couldn't tell you if you're wrong. Okay. I think that's the name for this new Terminator movie. This is the, uh, the famed, uh, Sarah Connor returns, Terminator film, the one directed by Tim Miller, I believe, who directed Deadpool. Uh, I was actually kind of excited for this a little bit, but my excite, like right when they announced it, I'm like, well, this could be interesting because I liked, I liked Deadpool, I liked Tim Miller's style, and it'll be interesting to bring back Sarah Connor. Maybe they can do something with this after Terminator Genesis. I think was the last one, uh, which. I've, I don't hate any of these Terminator movies, really. I know there are some people who can't stand anything they've made after the second one. I feel like they've gone downhill after the second one, but I've never outright hated any of them. I thought most of them were okay, but you can't really get by okay on a franchise. And they've also kind of twisted and turned this franchise in so many directions that I don't even know what's going on. By the time this trailer came out, I had no interest in this. And then when I watched the trailer, it did not help that I had no interest in it. It didn't pique my interest in any way. Uh, there's a new Terminator who can, I don't know, send his, it's like a, it's like Tony Stark's like bleeding edge armor. Like he's like made out of nanites or something and he can transfer himself or make copies of himself or something. I don't know. Sarah Connor's in this. She's old. She's got Smoker's voice. She's got a bunch of guns. Uh, there's some girls. One of them apparently is a Terminator herself, but thinks she's human. Uh, that sounds a lot like Terminator Salvation. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is in it. He has a beard. I don't know how this ties in or times to or relates to any of the other movies. I think Jim Cameron said this is a direct sequel to Terminator 2 and they are forgetting that Terminator 3 and Terminator Salvation and Terminator Genesis occurred I guess I have no fucking idea but uh, that's the word and uh, I was pretty underwhelmed by this Uh, I will see it eventually but this is not a theater a must see theater uh, attendance film for me did did it leave any impressions on you? No, but my only thing is, uh, I want to say that movie was supposed to come out the same weekend as uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm-hmm. 
and um sonic's been pushed back everyone by the way yes, they they heard they heard your cries yeah yeah you can now you can go see it on valentine's day weekend yes uh but i just am thinking like man that that has got to be like one of the worst weekends for a movie i, I just mm-hmm. I, yeah the dark fate it just doesn't look good to me it looks like they're rehashing ideas i mean i know they're making a big deal because james cameron was actually like involved in this one heavily not just a hey can we give you like five million bucks so you can say that this looks good yeah uh, <laughs> but, but he actually helped with the story and whatnot which yeah we've talked about it extent he's not exactly a, a master storyteller he's an effective storyteller yeah so the fact that they're rehashing ideas um not surprising it, or if it goes with my theory of they just gave him five million bucks to say something's good and he never watched any of them. Yes. <laughs> he thinks he's coming up with original ideas. Yes. Because, uh, like, yeah, the match thing, that's the same thing from Salvation. Uh, even the Nanite stuff, isn't that, like, what happened to John Connor in Genesis? Like, it's even that version of a Terminator. I think so, yeah, kind yeah. of. Because even in 3, she was the Terminator, and that one was kind of like that. She was... Um, yeah. It was more like the nanobites would kind of mm-hmm. whatever, like the bad guy in Big Hero Six. Feels like we've yeah. seen it all before. Yeah, it really does. Uh, and I can't help but think of some of the politics behind it because I know like James Cameron made a big deal about like, oh, you know, some of these female protagonists aren't really like good feminist icons. But man, I know how to make feminist icons. Remember what I did with. Uh, you know, Sigourney Weaver and Alien 2, and then what mm-hmm. I've done with Terminator with Sarah Connor. Like, I know how to write badass women. Sure. And that's what kind of seems like it's, like, James Cameron's ego just, like, just feels like it drips everywhere in this movie. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, neither of us are really looking forward to it. Maybe the trailer is lying to us. Sometimes the marketing can be bad, and the movie can actually be better than what was marketed to you, but... Yeah. We I like Mackenzie Davis. I was kind of excited for her to be in a, a big movie. Mm-hmm. She was, um, I mean, I saw her in that movie, like, what's it like? It's, whatever her character's name gets to fuck across town. I think that's like the name of the movie. Mm. That was pretty cool. And then, uh, but she's the one who like puts the memories in people's heads in Blade Runner 2049. Yep. So it's kind well, of cool to see her in something, but unfortunately, yeah, this and I'm guessing the other chick that's with them is like she's going to be like the new Sarah Connor, so she's supposed to give birth to like the new Uprise. Because it doesn't seem sure. like they mentioned John Connor at all. Because she kind of says like, "Ah, oh, you know, I was important." Yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> so. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, it's hopefully it's better than what they've shown us thus far. Yeah, I mean, if it's if it's better than Salvation, like I'll consider that a win because. Salvation had a lot of cool ideas. It was just executed really poorly. Yeah. And then, I mean, I, I know you like Genesis way more than I did because I thought it was complete garbage. But yeah. I didn't I, hate it. I, I, just, I, I thought it was really stupid. Yeah, I liked it as a, you know, a fine a fine movie that I will probably never watch again. Uh, I liked it on that level. I, uh, I also probably would like this more if Arnold Schwarzenegger just wasn't in it. That's that's like the to me the weird thing is like he's just getting old. So the minute, me believing that his tissue is going to get old mm-hmm. um, with the robot to me is just kind of weird because it, it's supposed to be completely synthetic. Like it's not supposed to be like 
human skin. Well, they had to make up a reason. That's true. <laughs> they, had to, they had to make up some reason to 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 get him in there. I mean, but... I'm fine with having uh, Linda Hamilton in it because she's a human; she would age. But yeah, it is just weird to me that like, oh yeah, he's a Terminator that's getting old, and I'm like, yeah. So he's like a Tin Man. You need to like oil him up and <laughs> mm-hmm. and have him fight. That's that's just kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, this just didn't engage me. I, I feel like yeah. it's just too little, too late for this. Like they've they they've spent all of their chances and oh. And I mentioned the the Sonic movie. That was like Tim Miller was supposed to direct that, and then you know left the project you know a long time ago. But mm-hmm. so it's well, kind of funny that the movie he was going to direct was supposed to come out the same weekend as this movie. Well, we'll see uh, if he made the correct uh, pick or not. <laughs> we'll see. I will. I will say he more than likely made the better choice because yeah, Terminator looks like it could be just bad. Like I don't know. If, I don't know what's. What's better? Sonic could be an all-time disaster. Yeah, I mean, but again, Sonic could be like the room. Like it could be. Oh yeah. Like we could just watch it over and over. Like oh my god, this is a memorable disaster. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know which is better. Do you want to be infamous or you know forgotten about? Yeah. Uh, Other big piece of news: Robert Pattinson officially cast as the Batman for Matt Reeves' The Batman. so I think this is the one that takes place in the 50s or 60s or something. I don't know. It's supposed to be uh, an out-of-time Batman movie. It's not supposed to take place modern day, is my feeling. And it's supposed to be a more detective-y... It's supposed to be more of a noir film. So, I mean, that's what I've heard, too. But I I've, I've, I don't know. It's because this project has been around for, it feels like, 100 years uh, I've, I've heard like it was going to take place in the eighties or the sixties or like it wouldn't take place in modern times. It'd take place out of time somewhere, but it maybe it'll be modern and maybe it'll just be more detective based or noir based, uh, Batman. Uh, to me, this is like non news. Cause to me, it's just like, okay. Uh, but it's news to some people. Because, for better or for worse, Robert Pattinson, in the last decade, has taken a lot of roles that have fallen under the radar of most casual moviegoers. So, therefore, the only thing they know him for is the Twilight movies, which are... uh, They teeter on the line of being objectively bad movies. Uh, (laughs) Nothing's supposed to be objective, but they teeter... I would say that those films teeter on that line. Uh, they, he's also not particularly good in them. No, they're not good movies. He's not very good in them. And uh, since he has taken... I mean, he's done a lot of work since those movies. And most of it, a lot of it is met with uh, high regard, high acclaim. But n- not very many people have seen those movies or those roles. And they just know him... Uh, they just know him as that. So they think this is going to be an all-time bad movie with an all-time bad performance, and I'm just here to say that it it won't be. I mean, like any movie, it'll boil down to the writing and the directing and the acting, but not and, just and the they acting. And they have a good writer and director behind it. Yeah. Uh, so I feel pretty confident. Uh, I have not seen a lot of these roles that Robert Pattinson has done post-Twilight, but uh, I know that they were all met with, you know, wide acclaim people say that he is very good and i'll be like okay well let's see it's it doesn't matter to me that he was in twilight 10 years ago 
he was in the Harry Potter film slightly before that, and he wasn't bad in those movies. It wasn't a big role, but he wasn't bad in them. Uh, he was totally fine. So it's not like, I feel like a lot of what went wrong with those Twilight movies was less his performance and more the direction and the writing of those movies was clearly a bigger issue. I just don't think this is a, I just don't think this is a, a huge deal. I think, okay, let's see what happens. Uh, yep. That's where I'm at on this. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be in Christopher Nolan's next movie as one of, as the co-lead mm-hmm. that comes out next year. So, yep. um, yeah, it's kind of like a, like Daniel Radcliffe, like, yeah, he was Harry Potter, but it wasn't like, oh, that he was particularly amazing in those. Yeah. And then he, you know, started doing, as he has said, and even Robert Pattinson says, like, I have money. I don't need to do this for money anymore. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do it because I think something's interesting, and I like the role, and I like the character. And that's what Dana Ratcliffe did. And yep. he's become a, a really well-regarded and good actor. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, what was that? There was a, you know, we, I, didn't, I hate it because I didn't see either of them. But there was the Western last year that came out with him, and he's like wanting to propose to the girl who played Alice in Wonderland, Mia Wysokowski or whatever. Yep. Um, and we're like, oh, that's it's like an interesting, you know, we haven't seen him in a while. That's kind of an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, or he just has like a miniature pony, and all he is is going across the desert trying to get a woman that he's never met, but wrote yeah. a letter to once to marry him. Yeah. Um, like you know, he's he's done interesting stuff, and that's kind of like when I when all these people are like, oh, they do the memes or whatever and it's like oh you know he's terrible and I'm like I don't know I mean you haven't seen him in like 10 years so yeah. you know just like if you ha- you know if Daniel Radcliffe shows up in something big you know you're gonna think oh Harry Potter but it's like I don't know it's he's been doing yeah. the work mm-hmm. um, okay. he's in that new movie this summer uh, the Lighthouse with Willem Dafoe, and I really mm. want to see that. That that won uh, uh, some awards at Cannes a couple yeah. weeks ago. Uh, so, you know, ultimately it'll be a, a waiting game, but, you know, I, I just don't think it's going to be a big deal. Uh, I think it'll probably be fine, and it'll largely rest on how well-written and directed the film is and have confidence in that team and I think Pattinson is a good enough actor to pull it off, so I think we'll be okay. You know, it'll it'll be interesting to see if how he does. Usually, uh, depending on who you ask, I think the I think the large majority opinion is that no one actor has really nailed being Bruce Wayne and Batman. There's usually either somebody who is really good at Batmaning or really good at Bruce Wayneing, but not particularly adept at nailing both. Yeah, I mean, like, as awful as those movies were, I, I don't... I thought Ben Affleck was fine as both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I really thought he had, like, Yeah. He only had, like, one Bruce Wayne scene, and, you know... Yeah, that's kinda, true. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was fine. Um, but, yeah. I mean, I'm glad that they went with someone younger, because it was just kind of getting to the point of, like... Um, mm-hmm. Just be for him to be able to put the keep that kind of muscle on with his, at his yeah. age. I mean, I know he's like what forty eight now. Ben Affleck is like mm-hmm. just to be able to kind of keep that amount of muscle on his age and, yeah. and his height. I, I I can see why he was like, yeah, I'm just burnt out. And then whenever they're not going to go with the script, and you know, this is like a, a complete rewrite by Matt Reeves. I mean, he's not even using any of the old script. It's just yeah. he wrote his own thing, and that's I guess that's why this has been taking so long is the, the deliberation of. 
yeah, I'll sign on, but I'm not using this. I want to do my own thing. And yeah. I'm guessing that's why this took forever to finally manifest. And then I guess the the search for Batman was like they did it in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. It was like him and Nicholas Holt, and they're like, which I also kind of like Nicholas Holt. I'm glad he's not Batman, but um, I just think that's those are two interesting choices that you probably wouldn't have thought of. No. And uh, but I don't know. You watch all of his other movies, and he's done a great job of casting, even if it's CGI monkeys. Like the yep. The last one, what was it? Steve Zahn was like that, the really frail uh, ape. Yes. Meet in the snow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I would have told you that name and if you knew who he was, you'd be like, really? That guy? is like, yeah, but he's like one of the best parts of the movie. <laughs> yeah. So he never, uh, he seems to have a, a good casting director. So. Yep, a good eye. And again, and he hasn't, I mean, what's the worst thing he's made? Like Cloverfield? I mean, I don't even. Maybe, and I like Cloverfield. I yeah, mean, I don't yeah, think it's as good a... as his other movies, but... No, no, he definitely got better as he went along. He got way better, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, speaking of movies, this is the bulk of the show, everybody. We've got to catch up on some movie reviews. Uh, and between Glenn and I, we've seen quite a bit. Let's start with Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Glenn, did this break the <laughs> video game curse? Yeah, I thought it was fine. Uh, I, whatever, because I, I saw it, like, I think the day it came out, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and all my other friends, almost everyone that's my age has seen it, we've all said the same thing, oh, yeah, I liked it, it was cute, it was, again, it was nice for us to see things we played with as a kid, Yeah, uh, to see these animals here that we caught in a video game, mm-hmm. so I'm sure nostalgia had a lot to do with it. Um, I think for me, as as uh, as it's gone on, I've probably forgiven a lot more of it than I should have. Yeah. And for me, I just realized they made a kid movie, and it should have been PG thirteen. I mean, yeah, there's some wisecracks, but to me, it's like it's it should just be PG. Like they they legitimately made a kids movie. Um, yeah. That had some action set pieces, but it was like it is a little kid movie. The story's pretty bare bones. Um. Even the whole plot line with spoilers with Mewtwo is like that's the first Pokemon movie mm-hmm. almost to a T. What happens? Yeah. <laughs> uh, besides Ash dying and then Pokemon crying and him not being stoned anymore. They do an but actual detective pretty- mystery in this movie, though. So there is that. Like, there is actual mystery. Uh, I mean, it's like you said, it's pretty thin on the story, but. Uh, uh, you know that's the thing that because I'm not a Pokemon guy, so this this is we're coming at it from very different yeah. uh, places. I don't have an attachment to it, and as a result, there were probably a lot of little nods or characters or something along those lines that I'm sure lots of people got that zoomed right over my head. But it didn't necessarily really affect anything. There wasn't anything that happened in this movie where I felt lost. Or I didn't know what was happening, which was actually a fear of mine. I'm like, how steeped in Pokemon lore do I need to be going into this? And it turns out the answer is actually zero. You don't need to know anything about Pokemon in order to watch this movie and and get what happens. Which some might take as a bit of a... There could be some criticism there that maybe they should have appealed a bit more to their fan base. But uh, they wanted to cast a wider net. And I watched it and figured out what was going on. Uh, so yeah, you're, you're right. Nothing particularly deep. Uh, and on top of that, none of the performances really stood out. I mean, other than Ryan Reynolds voice acting, cause 
you know, it's Ryan Reynolds. So, you know, he was charming and witty and funny and he stuck out way above everybody else. That was the only thing is. Yeah. Just, I mean, that's the way he acts in real life and he seems to be a good father of two. Yeah. But uh, but it is just weird that, like, this guy's uh, also his dad. Yeah. Um, especially when they're trying to really nail home the emotional aspects of like whatever his dad had to move to the city his son didn't want, blah, blah, blah. Like, mm-hmm. um, that is like that kind of stuff can get undercut, but it's not like they really dwell on it as much at the end. It's just, oh, he's dead. And the fact that he's able, he's spent all this time with his dad, even though he didn't know it was his dad, that's kind of like he realized that his dad was a good person overall. And that yeah. was kind of, yeah. Um, I mean, it had also, like, one of my favorite cameos I've ever seen in a movie. Okay. Uh, which is the DJ is Diplo, who is one-third of Major Laser. Okay, so that's uh, a thing that I don't get, but... Yeah, yeah, well, it's just, uh, I don't, my, I, again, not that there's too much of an age gap, but a lot of yeah. people in my age listen to house music or mm-hmm. technica, techno, whatever fucking vernacular you want to use to actually sure. describe that type of genre yeah. of music. Um, so I know who he is, and also there was a show, it didn't run very long, uh, but it was called What Would uh, Diplo Do? And mm-hmm. James Vanderbeek played Diplo, and it was it was pretty good. <laughs> the Dawson. So the, fact that, the fact that he was in it, and he used fucking Pokemon to drop the bass, I thought was yeah. amazing. Uh, but yeah, and even for me, like, Yes, I grew up with Pokemon, but really outside of the first generation, so like the original 151, um, that was really the only ones I could tell you. There's a few in the second one because I've got the second like generation of Game Boy games, but after that, I couldn't tell you a single Pokemon. I think there's yeah. one that might be made out of ice cream. Um, sure. Because uh, <laughs> that's what you do. You just but when you start running that, out of ideas, yeah. Yeah. That's well. I think it's supposed to be the American one. Uh, of course, but that's the yeah. But that's the that's really the only there I tell you after that point. Um, but no, it was it was colorful. The whole Pokemon looked great. You know, hopefully people who made Sonic kind of take a yeah. I thought all of views on character design. I thought all of the furry looking Pokemon looked really detailed, but all of the hairless ones looked. I mean, maybe they looked realistic for people who watched the cartoon or something, but they some of them just looked like unfinished CGI work for me to for so some you reason. You don't think Bulbasaur looked cute? No, or like Mewtwo looked... I mean, I know that character, and I know that's what it looks like, but watching it intermingle with live-action set pieces or people, it just didn't look fully realized for some reason. Yeah. I, I know they're not going to change the the look or add anything to it. They stayed pretty faithful to it, but yeah, some See, I stuff had the opposite. That's funny that you say that. Cause okay. I had the opposite because in the games, I don't, you don't get texture. Yeah. So the fact that you have her, like I never thought of Jigglypuff as being this big fluff ball. I mean, I knew she was, but I didn't really think about her having texture of, of having fur or hair on her. Yeah. So to me, that was actually a harder gap to bridge mm-hmm. versus the like, you said kind of like the rendered down looking ones because they don't have fur, so they're going to be a lot more slick. Yeah, that's what I'm. To me, that's the aesthetic I'm used to playing the video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that w- that's funny. Yeah, I mean, 
didn't even think about it being inverted like that. So that actually makes more sense. So for me, this is the best video game adaptation I've seen, but it's a slow. This is there's not this has not been this wasn't the movie that like exploded with oh my god this is what a video game adaptation could be. It's not like they climb Mount Everest. No, this is a slow walk. So they they peaked. They it took them a while, but they just peaked. What what I'm calling the really sad mountain of video game adaptations. Uh, I gave this one three and a quarter. Like I thought it was a good watch, but not going to be adding this to my collection. I don't think I'm going to be going back to it anytime soon. But that is the best video game movie adaptation I've seen. So, uh, what would you give Detective Pikachu, Glenn? Uh. A little bit higher, maybe like a three and a half, maybe three seven five, but okay. a really solid three and a half. It was, again, it was fine. Um, I I enjoyed it. I mean, pretty much the whole movie was Robbie and I sitting next to each other going. And what was cool is when I when we saw the movie, it was like nothing but people our age. But there was maybe yeah. one people who were thirty and they had like an eight year old kid, you know. Yep, yep. Um, that kind of thing. But it was almost people that are thirty and under. Mm-hmm. in that movie theater and we're all doing the same thing you know as soon as a different pokemon oh it's so cute oh, oh but it's just because that was i you know i mentioned i said it to you i've said it on facebook which is this is going to be my generation's transformers movie it doesn't matter yeah. if it was going to be good or not yep. there is going to be a level of nostalgia that's going to be like oh my god i got to see pikachu in a live band. and the fact yeah. that Mewtwo showed up i mean you know and yeah. Charizard, like they they definitely showed you the ones that we all care about, and it and it turns out it actually is good. It's just not you know the great adaptation that no. game game fans have been hoping for. Uh, okay, so Glenn, you've also seen John Wick Chapter Three Parabellum. Uh, tell me about it uh, without trying to spoil it too much because I've yeah, not seen it uh, yet. But... It's it's great. You know the action set pieces are there. Um, the action's even more crazy. Without going into do de- into too much detail, I am. It kind of jumps to shark a little bit. Um, Interesting. Okay. I, I say it because, I, you know, I've always viewed as like when we saw the second one, like we laughed the whole time we're watching the action because it's it's absurd and it's great. That's what makes it awesome. Like, yeah. Over the top brutality, you know, like a Sam Raimi Evil Dead kind of movie. It's it's essentially this is what it is, just more, you know, uh, classic action. You know Hong yep. Kong time Jackie Chan movies, which you know if you watch those Jackie Chan movies, they're kind of comedies. Yeah, so, kind of. Yeah, yeah, they're they're action comedy, or even if you like Rush Hour in a way, like the way the fighting's done, it's always kind of like a goofy thing. Mm-hmm. This is, um, I would say, I would say John Wick has been more deadpan or dark yeah. humor, but yeah. a comedy well, to they, some they degree. Do it more in this one, I will say. So okay. one, one thing I will slightly spoil for you. All right. Is there is a scene um and I won't give I won't go to detail. I'll just say that he uses a horse as a shotgun. <laughs> and, and and that was where it happens early in the movie. That sounds but amazing. It's like it's kind of like hey, I didn't know you could use a horse like that. Yeah. Um, but it was like Holy shit! It, it was the only thing. I mean, there's time, but as like after that moment, it's. I feel like that's your. You're either in or you're out. I mean, I was in before, but now I yeah. feel like I'm way more in than I was. Yeah. This is gonna be a really. It's gonna get kind of weird in here. The the kills are gonna be. They kept become really elaborate in a lot of ways in this movie. 
Well, um, got to top themselves. I think they feel yeah, like they got they got solid world building in it. Um, uh, I, I liked it a lot. You know, uh, Halle Berry is really cool in it. Um, I didn't realize that one of the assassins is like the chairman or something from uh, Top Chef. So that was kind of <laughs> cool. Um, uh, like Angelica Houston, I wish she was in it more, but she was great. Um, yeah. And then again, the way the movie ends, I mean, it's going to be a great lead into the next. So yeah, um, McShane's good. I mean, it's all like they, again, they kind of do more world building stuff in it. I don't think as much as they do in the second one. Um, they, I think it's just you kind of learn more about the hotel and that kind of stuff. But yeah. it's. Uh, no, it's solid. It's good. It's it's a fun action movie. I think I like two better, but um, mm-hmm. no, it's good. I will say it's like a a four, maybe four and a quarter, but probably yeah, a good solid four. Um, it's fun. Like I said, there's just the action just become just ridiculous, and, and you can't help but laugh because it's just. I mean, yeah, there's a knife fight, and it literally just turns into using people as fucking knife blocks and it's just their fucking human meat bags then their knives out of the dead ones and throwing them at each other. I mean it's just it, it's amazing and again I, I, those those aren't even probably the most ridiculous things in the movie uh, but it's it's great oh, I'm looking forward to my watch but, okay you want I'm more I talk about it I'll say I'll say four and a quarter it's it's good okay uh, all right so let's move on let's Uh-oh. talk about uh, Disney's Aladdin the latest in a, uh, well, it hasn't been that long a line of live action remakes, but it's uh, when it's all said and done, it's going to be a long line of live action remakes for Disney. Uh, this one directed by Guy Ritchie. Uh, I saw this one uh, as well, Glenn. I'm curious to know your thoughts on this. Uh, I'm also not a, I should also note, uh, just like how I was not uh, a Pokemon person, uh, I am also not particularly a, a Disney kid. I I have seen a portion of the I've seen a portion of the Disney animated movies. Uh, most of them were when I was really young, and most of them were like one-off experiences. I did not go back and rewatch them a bunch of times. I did watch the Aladdin, like the animated series that was based off of the the original movie. Uh, but, you know, obviously that took the movie and then spread it out a ton. Uh, it's kind of unrelated to the to the movie or this movie, uh, for that matter. So I kind of came into this with a pretty clean slate. It feels like a, a mixed bag, uh, review-wise, I think. Uh, some people, I, I don't know, it seems like there's a, a good dividing line. If you loved the original movie, there's a lot of people who loved the original movie who don't like this at all. Uh, but I liked it, I think. Uh, no, in fact, not even an I think. I'm pretty sure I liked. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I liked this. But what what did you think of the uh, the Aladdin remake, Glenn? Overall, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I, I had a lot of questions going into this movie. Um, and I also left with a lot of questions after the movie. Okay. Almost all of them have to do with Guy Ritchie, which is why did Guy Ritchie make a Disney movie? Why? I mean, besides, I don't know if he just needs cash. Um, Mm -hmm. Why would Disney even approach Guy Ritchie on, 
on making a, a musical. <laughs> um, oh yeah, like I was, I was, bem- <laughs> I was bemused and also confused, like the whole time watching, watching this. Like there are times where it becomes. Oh, there's Guy Ritchieisms in the movie. Yeah, it uh, becomes very obvious. Talk about. <laughs> yeah, it becomes very obvious for like a moment that you're watching a Guy Ritchie movie, but then. It's almost like you put it into his contract. It's like, look, I'm going to make your movie, but every now and again, I want people to be absolutely, absolutely reassured that they're watching one of my movies. Uh, oh, yeah. it's, so it's weird. It doesn't actually happen very often, but it does happen a couple times, and it really sticks out that you're watching it a does. Guy Ritchie movie. It does. And it happens a lot of the times before a musical number happens. Yeah. My biggest criticism with the movie, I thought the performances were good. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Will Smith, Robin Williams? Nope. But that's and fine. he didn't try to be either. I don't think. Yeah, like it was the only thing is whenever he sings the songs because I'm accustomed to hearing Robin Williams sing it, but also Robin Williams does different characters in the song. So the fact that it's kind yeah. of just sung straight, yeah, it was just it was hard to get used to. But it wasn't bad. It was just it was different. I mean, the only thing that's bad musically in the movie is when the credits roll. And you hear DJ Kali announce that he made a hip hop single of this. That's that's about the only DJ Khaled. We yes. best music. Yeah. Anyways, did he shout um, that? Because he has to. He has to shout it. I don't know. I didn't hear him shout it. I just remember hear, hearing him say DJ Khaled and Will Smith, and I was like, "Dear Lord Disney, what have you done?" <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Will Smith likes DJ Khaled. I'm sure they're friends. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, and that's you know you got to have the hip hop single with a. Yeah, you got to have like your a Will Smith movie. If Will yeah, Smith's in your movie, he has to have a hip hop single with it. Yes, that's just a that's a law. You want Will Smith, yeah. you're getting a hip hop like single. A contract thing. It's just the law of Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, it's a Hollywood law. Um. So yeah, I, I mean, I will say the guy who played Aladdin. I mean, I was smitten. Man, is that a pretty kid? Uh, yeah, like, and I thought he was anytime like he smiled or like. You know, he you could just tell he's a little mischievous. Like the fact that they like they found a, a person who really fits that definition of like thief with a heart of gold. I mean, that was mm-hmm. like I believed everything with that kid. And he had the voice too. Like he yeah, sound he, he kind of sounded a little bit yeah. like the original character, even. Yeah, he did. Um, and I thought Naomi Scott was good. I mean, she Me too. had a good musical moments. But what I was yeah. saying about the musical stuff, I thought the music was great. All the it was cool. Again, my thing about being the beast. It was great to see a movie with sets. Yes. Uh, I don't care if you can obviously tell if they're sets. It's just nice to see sets. I like to see actual things someone built. Mm-hmm. And the um, set and the the live action sets in this movie, I thought were really good. Yeah, and but every time it leaned lead into a song, or not every time, but a couple of them, is whenever Guy Ritchie would do his little Guy Ritchieism. So he would do the the slow down, not not to be confused with the Zack Snyder slow down speed up. Yeah, um, but he would do the slow down, or he would do the sleight of hand tricks mm-hmm. uh, right before it, and, and that's when I realized, oh, Guy Ritchie wanted to make a movie because it's a movie about a thief. Wow, I feel kind of stupid. Not yeah, realizing. Guy Ritchie. <laughs> yeah, and um, even he it. he made those Sherlock Holmes <laughs> movies, which is about yeah. a detective. But even in that movie, like Holmes does, like sleight of hand and steals some things and. Like, he can't help himself, Guy Ritchie. He can't, like, his I know. It, protagonist. It, was, it really was amazing. But it was just so awkward when they would do the musicals because it felt like there was this pause. So they'd be talking, blah, 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 and they'd be like, one, two, three. And then it goes into the song. And that was mm-hmm. the only part where it was really jarring to me was, like, going into the songs. Um, 
some of the stuff they changed I thought worked well. I mean, I'm glad. I, I thought him, I thought Aladdin and Jasmine had really good chemistry. And yeah. That, yeah, I felt more, I wish they would have just gone off a little bit from the original script more and just uh, had them be together more. You weren't. You, know, him, you weren't pissed. You weren't pissed that they didn't do Jasmine in an hourglass. Saw some people <laughs> really mad that they didn't do that. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not mad about that. I am mad that I see Jafar as a giant snake fight Aladdin. I feel really cheated about that. That would have been uh, cool. That, yes. That was the only thing. I'm like, what? No big snake fight. That's like the best part of the movie. No, um, they they did a big Iago thing instead. That that was that was the only thing that I really disliked about the movie. I liked the guy who played Jafar, um, but man, they did not give him anything to do. No, I uh, thought I thought he was the weakest performance in the movie. Yeah. Because uh, they just... I mean, I like this little sit-down that you have with Aladdin like, before he puts in the caves. Like, oh, that's cool. I like to kind of draw a parallel. He's kind of... He's like him. He's scrappy. Um, but, uh, you know, the power went to his head. He, he wanted a power. He didn't want to do it really good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then whenever like Jafar betrays him, you know, in the in the cartoon, and he like pulls out a knife and he's gonna stab him. Yeah. Uh, and this one, he just like stomps on his feet with sandals, and it just looks terrible because mm-hmm. it looks like a Wilhelm moment. Like they don't do a scream, yes. but it looks like a Wilhelm moment. It's like ah, like it just looks yes. like they they CGI'd his hands off of the the ledge and then just like moved him down. Like it looked that looked terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then, like, uh, you know, I was fine with the length of the movie because I really, you know, I like the first half. I mean, it seems like it takes almost an hour before they get to the cave, but that was fun because I liked him and Jasmine's interactions. Yep. Um, that was my thing is anytime, like, in the movie where they leave, you know, they would change kind of the reasoning why they would have to cut it short. So, like, in the cartoon, the guard show, and that's where he finds out she's the princess, where, yeah. you know, this one doesn't find out till later. Which is fine because it gives us, you know, the whole him sneaking into the palace thing. Uh, but then, like, whenever they're doing the magic carpet moment, it's like, okay, cool, we got this great musical number. Man, they fucking nailed it. Uh, they're sitting there. Oh, it's cool that they didn't just go around the world, but they came back and she got to see how cool her home is. Like, that's that's yep. a good. That's a good moment to add into the to this script. Mm-hmm. And then it's like they have this great dialogue where they kind of change it a little bit, where she, you know goats him into admitting that he's Aladdin in a way. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, I guess uh, you should go home, right? And it's like, no, like, why would... <laughs> no, you would not even say that. <laughs> no, you're only saying this because the script demands it. That was the one time... That was the only other time where... Or it didn't just, fit, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, in the movie it ends in the cartoon, but again, it's like, oh, well, you just assume they spent, like, several hours together because it's just... They're sitting there watching the Chinese New Year, I think, and then they kiss, and then it cuts to him dropping her off at her balcony mm-hmm. it's not a, an abrupt like oh well guess we gotta go like you yeah. can't do that 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 just I'm, that would just wouldn't happen that yeah. was it was weird because again i thought they had really good chemistry so whenever they would just deliberately have to cut it short because the script demanded it that's where i, I had issues but yeah you're right it was fine uh yeah i thought the the because aladdin needs to gel with jasmine and with the genie and i think uh, I mean, you've already kind of in depth talked about how well you thought they worked together. I I agree. Uh, 
Aladdin and Jasmine in the movie, but I also think that he played off of uh, Will Smith's genie. I thought they had a pretty good back yeah, and forth did. and and rapport between one another, and it felt uh, it felt very good. Uh, they all of all of like Will Smith's like quippy one liner things all kind of landed. I was regularly smiling when he was on screen. And some stuff got like full on like actual laughs, but if I wasn't like laughing, I was at least you know, smiling during it. It was doing its was job. like classic Will Smith. Like a Will Smith. Yes. 20 years. Yeah, you know? it was, yeah. It was that, it kind of reminded me of like the Will Smith from Independence Day a little bit. Uh, you know, when it came to just being snappy and funny. Uh, too cool for school. Too cool for school Will Smith, yeah. And I, I just, that's, uh, this is, we talked about it earlier with the Terminator trailer, but this is an example of the, I think the trailers did Will Smith a, a disservice. I think he was way better in this movie than yeah, the trailers yeah, indicated yeah, he was going yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he yeah, focused on the wrong moments. The, like, yes, uh, yeah. I mean, friend like me was fine, but like the whole uh, dance dinner party thing, mm-hmm. like that—that that was my favorite scene of them. I thought that was great. Yeah, and then. Uh, you know, and then even whenever they're out in the desert, like the best part is him making him into a prince, not the, not, not the, the make me a line. prince, yeah, yeah, uh, which like they thought was a very clever showed, line, yeah, yeah. They they showed the wrong uh, bits and pieces, wrong, yeah, yeah, wrong, wrong bits, wrong parts of the scene. Yeah, so I ended up liking this and way I more than I thought. Was fine as Iago. Yeah, I mean, I wish Iago was. But that was my thing is I really felt like they kind of cut it short with Jafar. Like, yeah, some of the best parts of the cartoon is him and Gilbert Gottfried having their uh, their banter back and forth. So the yes. fact that he's obviously a smart parrot. I mean, they had little moments of that, but not many. Yeah, in yeah the movie. he wasn't he wasn't just quipping and shoving crackers down the Sultan's face. You know. Yes. Uh, awful, awful voice, same <laughs> dialogue, which was kind of the charm of it. Yes. Uh, so what would you give uh, the 2019 Aladdin? Give the movie as a score. Uh, I gave it three and three quarters. Uh, didn't quite go four. Um, I liked it. I had some of the, you know, the Guy Ritchie moments that happened. Uh, were weird take-me-out-of-the-movie moments. Uh, some stuff didn't work that well. I mean, uh, some of it was... You know, some of it was like, yeah, the ending kind of felt like it crept up really quick, uh, and then it happened and it was over. And yeah, the third act was was way too fast. Will There's Smith, like how much time they spent? Will Smith played the the being set free moment. I thought really well, um, like the acting on his face, the, just the acting he was doing with his facial expressions. I thought was was really excellent, but it was so. Like, because he played it like, holy shit, this came out of nowhere. I had no idea he was going to set me free. Uh, but if you're watching the movie, it's so ridiculously completely telegraphed that that's what he's doing at the end. Will Smith yeah. actually seems kind of dumb for not realizing that Aladdin was going to set him free in that moment. Uh, minor things didn't work for me, but I really enjoyed this way more than I thought. So, yeah, three and three quarters is what I gave it. What would you give it, Glenn? Yeah, uh, right there with you. Yeah, three and three quarters. That, that's exactly what I was going to give it. Okay, so uh, 
You've also seen, uh, how do we want to end this? Do we want to end it with Booksmart, or do we want to end it with Godzilla, King of the Monsters? They're so similar, Glenn. I don't know which one we should really <laughs> end with. Uh, we could do we could do Booksmart, because they're, they're, they are they really are two completely different movies. <laughs> yes. Uh, that I liked for two completely different reasons. Okay, so tell me, let's, let's go with Booksmart first. So this was the uh, Olivia Wilde-directed, uh, would, would you... I mean, it, did it have a wide enough theatrical release for it to not be considered an in, like an independent movie? It feels like well, it's kind of an indie movie. I think it was independently financed, Nanced, and, then, yes. and then it got picked, picked up, up by Anna Perina, which isn't a huge studio, yeah. but got picked up by Anna Perina to, to do a wide To get release. good distribution, yeah. yeah. The fact that it played here, I mean, that's that's to me, that's a wide release. Not okay. like we get anything super niche. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it got it was, it was a wide release, but no, it's uh, um, to give it like no nuance or credit, it is kind of like the the girl ver- girl power version of super bad. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much these teens, they worked hard all throughout school. They never really had any fun. These two best friends, and they just studied and they had goals. And the reason why they worked hard is so that they can go to college, and then after college, then they can finally take a break, and then their real lives begin. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then they essentially one of them finds out that all these other kids who she's always kind of thought of as stupid and dumb and lame or lazy also got into really good schools. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of like, oh, I worked hard for nothing. I could have worked a little less hard and had just as much fun as them and also would have gotten into Yale just like this other bozo did. And yeah. so the night before their graduation is they want to have the most fun night they can. And it kind of turns like in super bad. They end up at different parties and whatnot. Um, also Carrie Fisher's granddaughter, uh, Billy Lord. Lord is in it. She's, I mean, probably going to be the takeaway is everyone's favorite character. Um, just cause she kind of gets, she gets the mower, the bigger laugh. She has the character with the most personality, I guess. Yeah, and she hasn't uh, been in a lot of stuff either. No, she's great in it. She is great. I will, I will say, I mean, you can tell as much as you. I know these people are in their mid twenties. Um, for the most part, they they do look like kids. Uh, mm-hmm. Like the girl that's her friend. I think she's like twenty four. But no, I, if you told me she was supposed to be playing a high school, like if she was in high school, I'd probably believe you. Okay. Uh, so they they do look like high school kids, which always helps. Yeah. Uh, and so they, you know, there's a lot of good cameos like Will Forte uh, and Lisa Kudrow are one of the kids' parents. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Jason Sudeikis, no surprise he's in it, you know, considering his wife is Olivia Wilde. Yeah. He's the principal of the school. So it's, uh, there's a couple of, you know, neat little cameos with some adults. Mm-hmm. I say cameos because they're in like two scenes. Uh, but no, just the chemistry of the two and then, you know, it does seem like how modern high school is if you live on the the elitist coastlines. No, if you live on the coastlines uh, yes. where schools are a little bit more open, you're not uh, suppressed sexually. Uh, this seems more believable. I will say some of the things that happen in the school, I, I just can't see happening really. But I think the spirit is there of what it would be. And uh, no, I thought Olivia Wilde did a great job as a first time director. There's some pretty uh, neat camera shots you know it's not something I would really think would happen with a first time director but she definitely 
has some neat ideas where to put a camera mm -hmm. uh, or found a really good TVP to help her with that, which is a credit to her for finding the right people. Yeah. Um, no, it was, it was just, it was a good movie. I would probably give it four and a half. It's, I don't really thought about it too much, but probably the best movie I've seen this year. Okay. Um, I've seen a lot, but I've seen a lot of like all the last movies we just reviewed. A lot of those like lower fours, high threes. It seems like everything's kind of been pretty good to solid that I've liked, but it's, mm -hmm. this one's it was good. I liked it a lot. I uh, think you should have your daughter. You should have like a marathon with your daughter and watch like uh, eighth grade, mm -hmm. and then watch like this one. And oh, like, and then, hey, is this how it was for you last year? And this is what it's going to be. Yes. <laughs> uh, Godzilla. <laughs> yes. Uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Uh, also a coming of age story, but for a giant lizard fighting a bunch of other monsters. You know, you it, actually, it actually is a coming of age story. <laughs> is it? Well, you know, Mothra is a larva and then becomes a moth. Ah, there you go, yep. Um, yeah. So, uh, so what, what did you, what did you think of this? I, I've heard, uh, if you didn't like the Gareth Edwards Godzilla because not enough Godzilla that you'll be very happy with this movie. <laughs> there, there's a lot of, not just Godzilla, there's a lot of monsters. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a big CGI monster fight. There's... They try to get you to care about the humans. I don't because they kind of give them the most generic character stuff and not much depth. Um, Would you say this is akin to uh, like Pacific Rim? No, no, no. Uh, okay. Because I didn't like Pacific Rim. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I say that because there wasn't a lot of monster fights in it and they focused on the, I thought was the dumb human stuff of how to pilot a, a robot, whereas it's just... I don't care. Just have them pilot the robot and then fight the big kaiju. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't really waste time with that. No, there's, you know, the MacGuffin device, which is, a, it's called the Orca. Um, so, which is developed by Vera Faminga and her estranged husband, I guess, which is Kyle Chandler, which I love that. I love the actors in it. I don't think any of them were particularly bad, Yeah, but it was just, they were given garbage. Um, and I guess Millie Bobby Brown's in it. She's really not in it as much as you would think. The trailers uh, made it seem like she would be playing a large role in this film. She's really, it is, her dad is definitely the lead. And yes, she's in it, but she's in it every time her mom is. And her mom is definitely the one who kind of gets the meat in the scene. Mm -hmm. um, How's Kyle Chandler? Because I think I'd, I, I'm usually fairly cold on him. And I think I would have preferred a Millie Bobby Brown vehicle than a Kyler Chandler. No, I mean, it, I will say it's just with his character, it's again, like, so the whole thing is, it's kind of like Batman v Superman. So the movie starts off with the 2014 one. It's them in San Francisco, and they're seeing the destruction, and I guess their son died during that destruction, right? Yeah. So Kyle Chandler hates Godzilla. He thinks all the monsters are evil, and he thinks all of them need to die. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much his stance, right? Yep. <laughs> I and, getcha. Okay. And then Vera Farminga's thing is like, oh, maybe some of these are good, 
So we got to make sure that we can get the good ones on our side because the ones that are bad, we're going to need them to kill the bad ones, right? This, yeah, so they're having a, a marriage essentially fight. What, uh, that's essentially what Ken Watanabe's stance is, right? Yeah. Uh, and so he's a carry over from it, and then the, the, what, the girl who's in The Shape of Water, uh, fish sex movie, she's a carry over from the 2014, and she's also in that. Sally Hawkins, maybe? Yeah, yeah, Sally Hawkins. Okay, okay. And, uh, and then uh, what's his name? Ice Cube Sons in it, and then Thomas Middletitch is in it as well. Uh, oh, interesting. Which they're fine. They're not in it much, really. Small roles. Yeah. Ice Cube Sons like barely in it. Yeah. Um, but uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. I guess is what I should call him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Middletitch is in it quite a bit because he's kind of like the tech guy. He's like uh, Vera Farmiga's protege. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing is that she gets kidnapped by Charles Dance, who's the bad guy, which of course he is. <laughs> he presumably was in Kong Skull Island. I don't remember him being in that movie, but apparently Maybe he was. He was in a post credit scene. I don't know. Maybe that's what it was, yeah. Maybe his character was in it. I don't yes. know. Yes. Uh well he's he's listed as Thomas he's listed as Jerry voice. In Kong Skull Island, so uh, I playing it, okay. I think playing a different character. He's listed here as playing Doctor Sam Coleman in this movie, so not the same person. Yeah, because he's like a military general that's like, eh, you know what? Um, mankind's fucked up enough. Let's just have these monsters kill mankind. We'll just start over. Yep, that's kind of his. Well, not uh, a not a horrible no, stance. Not not inherently wrong. No. Uh, <laughs> I mean, again, that's the plot. Who gives a shit? It's but the monster fighting of Godzilla and King Ghidorah and Rodan and Mothra, like all that shit's just cool looking. Yeah, I was gonna say there are some scenes in this movie that are just they are pretty. Yeah, I was gonna say the point is, are the monster fights good? That's the that's the question. Yeah, like they show her in the wa- under the waterfall in the trailer. Like it's she's just it's gorgeous looking. Like again, the movie is. Very, very pretty. Um, I don't think the scale is as good as the other one. I know Godzilla is technically not as big as he looked in the other movie because he's enormous mm-hmm. in uh, in the 2014 Godzilla. But it is like the scale of the stuff isn't as imposing. That's you know we talk about with Garrett Edwards all the time. Is that's his thing? Is like man, he makes shit look big and intimidating. Yep. So as yeah, they're big monsters and stuff, but the, I don't think the scale was was quite there as it as it was in the other one. But no, it's it's a fine romp monster mess. I I, I like the 2014 one a little bit better because I thought you know it was much more satisfying when you see Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say the scene that you see him in in this movie, which is like uh, the first time you see him, is they're like underwater and it's they've been lying about where he is because they kind of know where his hunting route is. Yeah. Um, and they've just been out in Bermuda watching him and he like gets really close and he's never gotten that close, but it kind of shows his uh, spikes kind of glowing. That's mm-hmm. how he sees underwater and then it shows his eyes and it's just like flashing and it's just getting closer and closer and it's just like him flashing. Like, so, like I said, the shots in this movie are, are really pretty. They're really cool looking, but um yeah, it was, I mean, as a plot, just, you know, you don't have to really pay attention to it much because there seems to be a monster fight about every eight minutes, so it's you can kind of get over the plot pretty easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so what would you give it then? Uh, I mean, 
I probably give it like a like a three. Like it's it's not good, but it, it is cool looking. But it's mm-hmm. it's fun. It's one of those. It's yeah, I guess it's one of those that um you know like on YouTube, and you don't have to worry about it being illegal or cruddy cr- uh, quality. But they'll just like sure have they'll just have scenes on YouTube like yeah some, some movie trailer thing. They'll just like hey here's this scene like yeah I'm gonna probably go in there and watch like all the fight scenes you know once the yeah the movie gets released it'll be one of those but yeah it's it's fine um it, i'm glad i saw it in a theater like if you're going to see it you see it in a theater it's probably not gonna do the same for you at home on a big screen yeah big old screen big old monsters fighting and duking it out hell yeah yeah I that's mean, what moving pictures were made for glenn they were they were vaudeville with with a screen yeah. that's the original one that's right in the in the purest sense that's of right. what cinema was supposed to be. It's vaudeville. That's Absolutely. why Jackass should have been best picture. Because it's cinema at its purest. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Alright, so that's a, that's a wrap for the uh, for this episode. Uh, make sure uh, to head on over to cinemageekly.com to check out the archives of the show. And of course you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Just search for Cinema Geekly and hit subscribe. Uh, and uh, that's a wrap. I think Glenn and I are going to go watch some more movies. There's some other stuff uh, that we haven't had a chance uh, to watch yet. Some other stuff that's coming out. Uh, Dark Phoenix, I, I think, is Rocket just coming out. Rocket Man, I want to watch. Uh, I just saw a trailer for uh, Ad Astra. That looks like it could be it interesting. In yes. Uh, so plenty of stuff right around uh, right around the bend. Uh, so yeah, we're, I think we're going to go, uh, take off, go watch some more movies and then we'll come back and talk about them. Uh, so for Glenn Beauvais, I'm Anthony Lewis, and, uh, we'll talk to you again next time on another Cinema Geekly podcast. Mm -hmm.